Welcome to the Banner of Truth broadcast. This program is brought to you by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. Your host is Pastor Jack Schumann, pastor of the Emmanuel Free Reformed Church of Abbotsford, British Columbia. And now, here is Pastor Jack Schumann. As today is the first day of the year 2023, we are once again going to interrupt our series on the book of Ezra in order to focus our attention on how the Lord would have us to live in this upcoming year. And to that end, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 14, as we read the verses 11 through 24. Let us hear the word of God. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. And Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear it, for by your might you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people, that you, Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands above them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people to the land which he swore to give them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. And now I pray let the power of my Lord be great, just as you have spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he by no means clears the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. And now verse 24 is the text for the sermon. But my servant Caleb because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. So far the reading of the holy word of God. May the Lord bless the reading and preaching of his word to our hearts. Dear friends, when building a house or some other kind of building, it's always good to have a model to follow. Usually, this model is in the form of a blueprint. But with the advent of 3D printers, more and more construction firms are creating 3D models of the structure that they're intending to build. The model tells them what the building will look like. And the idea is that the actual building will correspond exactly to the model. Now, the Bible also contains many such models. These models are not buildings, but people. And each one of them teaches us how we ought to live out our faith in this world. 
So, for example, Noah is a model of persistence. Job is a model of patience. Abraham is a model of faith. Daniel is a model of courage. Jeremiah is a model of faithfulness. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a model of all of these things and so much more besides. He is the ultimate model, the one whom we should strive to be like in everything. Well, this morning we read of another model. His name is Caleb. Caleb was the son of Jephunneh, a leader of the tribe of Judah. And he, along with 11 others, one from each tribe, was sent by Moses to spy out the land of Canaan. And when the spies returned, 10 of the spies gave a negative report. And while they acknowledged that the land of Canaan was a land flowing with milk and honey, just as God had said, they insisted that they were not able to take possession of it because the people who lived there were giants who dwelt in great walled cities and were skilled in the art of warfare and drove chariots. Only Joshua and Caleb gave a positive report, arguing that if they trusted in the Lord, they would be able to conquer the land. Well, sadly, the people of Israel sided with the negative report of the ten spies, and God was so angry with them that he swore that not one of that generation would enter into the land. They would all be consumed in the wilderness. The only exception was Caleb. And we have a record of what God said to Moses concerning this man in Numbers 14, verses 22 to 24. God says, Because all these men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now God here declares that Caleb followed the Lord fully. And I submit to you that this is also what we must do as we begin a new year together. We must follow the Lord fully. Now with that in mind, let's reflect on the words of our text under that theme, following the Lord fully. And we'll consider, first of all, the rarity of following the Lord fully. Secondly, the requirements of following, following the Lord fully. And then thirdly, the reward of following the Lord fully. First then, the rarity. It's a sad but true fact that there are comparatively few professing believers who follow the Lord fully. The vast majority follow him only partially. And that was true also in Bible times. There are many examples of following the Lord partially in Scripture. We have a good example here in our text of the 12 men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. Only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, followed the Lord fully. But there are many other examples as well. There are examples of people who started out following the Lord fully, but who left off following him and perished in the end. Think, for example, of Lot's wife. She too believed the word of the angels that the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah would be destroyed. And as a result, she also left her home with her husband and her two daughters, with only the clothes on her back. But not long after she left the city, she looked back 
and was turned to a pillar of salt. In John 6, we learn that there were many during the time of our Lord's earthly ministry who believed on the Lord and even followed him. But when the Lord Jesus told them that they had to eat his flesh and drink his blood, otherwise they had no life in them, many from that day forward followed him no more. The rich young ruler wanted to inherit eternal life. And so he came to Jesus and he asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, sell all that you have and give the proceeds to the poor and come and follow me. But the rich young ruler could not do it, for he was very wealthy and he went away sorrowful. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says there will be many in the day of judgment who will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? But Jesus will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You see, all of these people started out well. They started out following the Lord, but not fully. There are also those who followed the Lord fully, but who also left off following him for a time. They slid back and fell into sin. David is a good example of this. David was a man after God's own heart, as the Bible says, but when he saw Bathsheba bathing in the street below, he lusted after her and he summoned her and he had relations with her. And later, in an attempt to cover up his sin, he arranged the murder of her husband Uriah. We can think too of Solomon. Solomon offered, Solomon could have whatever he wanted from the Lord. He could have victory over his enemies. He could have riches, whatever. Solomon chose to ask God for wisdom so that he might more effectively rule over his people. And God answered that request. And he made him the wisest person who ever lived. He started out well. But within a few short years, he married foreign wives and eventually worshipped their heathen gods. The Galatians believed the gospel that Paul preached to them. In fact, they received him as an angel of God, Paul said. They loved him so much that they would have plucked out their own eyes and given them to him. But as soon as some men came from Jerusalem, they were bewitched, Paul says, and started to follow another gospel, forcing Paul to write to them and warn them. The church at Ephesus was at one time blessed with all spiritual blessings that were in Christ. They were chosen to be holy and without blame before him in love. They conducted themselves as followers of God, as dear children, and who walked in love as Christ loved them. But after a while, Christ had to rebuke them for leaving their first love. And there are many such people in the church today, maybe even some of you. You follow the Lord, but not fully or at least not all the time. You follow him to a point, but not all the way. Why is that? Well, it may be that you're still in your sins. It may be that you've never been truly born again. You've never been truly savingly wrought upon by the word and spirit of Christ. And as a result, your religion is just a show. You're just going through the motions, but your heart isn't in it. Consequently, like the seed that fell by the wayside, whatever faith you have is being plucked up. Or like the seed that fell into stony places, your faith endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, you are offended. Or like the seed that fell among the thorns, the cares of this world, 
and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and you become unfruitful. How sad it is when this is the case. It's a terrible thing to be exposed to the truth of the word of God, to hear the preaching of the word of God every Lord's Day, and yet not to follow the Lord fully. Such persons will experience far greater punishment in hell than those who have never heard. Others may have a new heart, but they have weak faith. And consequently, when confronted by temptation or when faced with a trial or hardship, they just give in. And does that describe any of you this morning? You know, what the Lord wants from us is that we follow him fully. And the question is, will you resolve to do that this year? At the beginning of the year, we make resolutions. Let this be your resolution, to follow the Lord fully. Now, maybe somebody says, well, what does that mean exactly? What does the Lord require of me? Let's turn to that on our second point, the requirements of following the Lord fully. To follow the Lord fully means to do at least two things. First of all, it means to trust in the Lord in all things and at all times. Now, isn't that exactly what Caleb did? The land of Canaan was inhabited, as the ten spies said, with giants who lived in great walled cities. Humanly speaking, it was impossible for the people of Israel to conquer the land. The people who dwelt there were skilled in the art of warfare. They were experts at killing. The people of Israel, they were shepherds and goat herders. What did they know about fighting? But Caleb trusted in the Lord. He believed that with the Lord on their side, the people of Israel could do anything. He would give them what they needed to conquer the land and to conquer the people of the land. And he was absolutely right. And my friends, we must do the same. We too must trust in the Lord in all things and in all circumstances. We must trust in him to supply us in all of our needs, both our material needs and our spiritual needs. We must trust in him in trials and in hardships, in difficulties and in challenges. We must trust in him in times of prosperity and in times of adversity. We must trust in him in times of health and in sickness. We must trust in him in times of riches and in poverty. Most of all, we must trust in him for salvation. We must look to Christ and his atoning work on the cross as the only hope and ground of our salvation before God. Now, admittedly, this is not always easy to do. It's not always easy to trust in God when you're told you have cancer and have only a few months left to live. It's not always easy to trust in God when you're experiencing financial difficulties. The business that you worked so hard to build up over many years faces the real prospect of going broke. It's not always easy to trust in God when the Lord suddenly takes away a loved one, a spouse with whom you've been married for many years, or a child. And well, it wasn't easy for Caleb either. 
When the people of Israel declared their intention to appoint a new leader over them and to return to Egypt, Caleb urged them not to do so, but rather to trust in the Lord. And when the people heard this, they took up stones to kill him. The same is true for us. It's not always easy to trust in Christ. Sometimes we may even have to suffer for it. But dear friends, this is what God requires. He requires us to trust in him in all things and at all times, no matter what the cost. Secondly, to follow the Lord fully means to obey him in all things at all times. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that stands to reason. If you love someone, you will do whatever it takes to please them. Well, the same is true in our relationship with God. If we truly love the Lord, we'll want to please him, and we'll do that by keeping his commandments. What are his commandments? Well, we have a record of them in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. They can be summarized by two statements. First of all, we must love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the summary of the first table of the law. And secondly, we must love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the summary of the second table of the law. Now, this too is what God requires of us. This too is what it means to follow the Lord fully. It means to do whatever he commands, without questioning, without compromise, gladly, joyfully, out of love for God and for his glory. Now, again, that's also not always easy. Ask Jeremiah how easy it was to stand before the king and the princes of Judah and to tell them that all of Jerusalem and Judah would be taken captive by the king of Babylon. Ask Daniel and his three friends how easy it was not to eat the king's food or not to bow down to the image that he had made. Ask the apostle Paul how easy it was to be beaten, to be thrown into prison, to suffer shipwreck and to endure the constant harassment and slander of his opponents, all for the sake of the gospel of Christ. Ask Caleb how easy it was for him to contradict the report of the ten spies and to endure the opposition of the people of Israel who sought to stone him. No, following the Lord is not easy, and it will never be easy. You see, there's a cost to following the Lord. Paul says to Timothy that all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus himself compared the Christian life to carrying a cross. A cross which is a symbol of suffering and shame and degradation and pain. The point is, as our Lord suffered, so must we. But that's what it means to follow the Lord fully. It means to do whatever he says, no matter what the cost. Well, my friend, is that your resolve as you begin this new year, 2023? Will you too, like Caleb and so many of the saints in the Old and New Testaments, trust in the Lord and obey his commands no matter what the cost? You know, in order to do that, we need something that we do not have by nature. We need something that only God can provide. We need a new spirit. That's also what Caleb had. You notice what God said of Caleb in our text. He said that Caleb had another spirit with him. This is simply another way of saying that Caleb had a new heart. He had a heart that was different from the hearts of the other spies. Their hearts were not right with God. They were still in their sins. 
But Caleb's heart was right with God. Their heart did not believe and trust in God, but Caleb's heart did. Where did he get that heart from? Well, it certainly didn't come from himself. Because by nature, we're not born with such a heart. Nor can we give ourselves such a heart. This kind of heart comes from God. God gave him a heart that trusted in him and that did so no matter what the circumstances and no matter what the cost would be. And this is the kind of heart that you and I need as well. Also, as we face this upcoming year, only then will we, will we be able to follow the Lord fully. And you know, the good news is that God is not only able, but also willing to give us such a heart. He himself says in his word, my son, my daughter, give me your heart. Why does God want our heart? He wants it so that he can change it. He wants to take our heart, which is by nature a heart of stone, and make it into a heart of flesh, so that like Caleb, we can follow the Lord fully. My friend, do you have such a heart today? You say, how can I tell? Well, ask yourself, what is my chief goal and delight in life? Is it to serve the Lord fully? If it isn't, if all you're interested in doing is serving yourself, pursuing after your own goals and your own pleasures and your own priorities, my friend, you don't have a new heart. And if you don't have a new heart, you're not ready to enter this new year. But most importantly, you're not ready to stand before God and live. Therefore, you need to go to the Lord today, this very moment, and ask him to give you a heart of flesh so that you might live before him. And so to follow the Lord fully means to trust in the Lord and to obey him at all times, in all circumstances, no matter what the cost. Now, maybe you say, well, that's a tall order. And indeed it is. But there are great rewards for those who do. And that brings us to our third and final point, the reward of following the Lord fully. As we've seen, Caleb followed the Lord fully. He urged the people to trust in God and to do what he commanded them. And as a result, he received a rich reward. What was his reward? Well, first of all, he and Joshua were the only ones of that entire generation to enter into the promised land. The rest of that generation died in the wilderness. Secondly, he received a rich inheritance in the land. He received, as a possession, the city of Hebron. Now we read of that in Joshua 14, verse 14. And there we read that Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kezanite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Caleb followed the Lord, and he was richly rewarded. And you know, the Lord still promises a reward for those who follow him fully today. You say, what is that reward? Well, it's the same reward that Caleb received, an inheritance in the land. No, not the land of Canaan, but the land to which Canaan points and in which it finds its ultimate fulfillment Heaven itself, heaven is the reward for all who follow the Lord fully. 
In Psalm 31, verse 19, the psalmist exclaims, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. You notice, those who fear God will receive a portion in the goodness that he is laying up for them. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8, Paul declares, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He followed the Lord fully. What's the result? He tells us, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So those who serve and love God will receive a crown of righteousness, which is eternal life. In James 1 verse 12, James writes, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So those who endure temptation will receive a crown of life. Revelation 2 verse 10, Jesus says to the church at Ephesus, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. As those who are faithful will receive eternal life. Those who serve the Lord fully will receive an inheritance in heaven. On what basis? Not on the basis of anything in them. Not even of their faithful following of the Lord, because that too is full of imperfection and sin. But only on the basis of the atoning work of Jesus Christ. You see, he is the greater Caleb. He served the Lord more fully than anyone who came before him or who lived after him. For he accomplished all the work that his father had given him to do. He paid the penalty for our sins by suffering and dying on the cross. He also earned for us the righteousness that we need in order to stand before God and live. And when we believe in him and trust in him, then his payment becomes our payment. And his righteousness becomes our righteousness. And the inheritance that he received as a reward for his atoning work, he shares with us. He gives us a crown and causes us to sit with him on his throne, to live and reign with him forever. Oh, my friends, is that not a great wonder? Is this not sufficient incentive to follow the Lord fully also in the year 2023? Oh, don't be satisfied with half measures. Those who follow the Lord with half measures will receive only half a reward. But those who follow the Lord fully will receive a full reward. In the sermon on this text, the great Scottish preacher Robert Murray McShane wrote this. He said, Every man shall be rewarded according as his work has been. Some will be made rulers over five, some over ten cities. I have no doubt that every sin, inconsistency, backsliding, and decay of God's children takes away something from their eternal glory. It is a loss for all eternity. And the more fully and unreservedly we follow the Lord Jesus now, the more abundant will our entrance be into his everlasting kingdom. The closer we walk with Christ now, the closer will we walk with him to all eternity. Oh, my friends, since that is so, let us resolve before God today to follow the Lord fully. Then we too shall take possession of the land, and we shall enjoy a full reward to be enjoyed forever for Jesus' sake. 
Amen. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. If you are blessed by or have a comment on the message you've heard today, we'd very much appreciate hearing from you. Our mailing address is Banner of Truth, 3386 Mount Lehman Road. Lehman is spelled L-E-H-M-A-N, and that's in Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X2M9. If you would like to listen to the message you've just heard again, or if you would like more information about our program, including how to contact us and how to listen to other messages on this program, please visit our website at banneroftruthradio.com. That's banneroftruthradio.com. Support for this program is provided by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. For more information about our churches, including where you can find a church nearest you, please visit our denominational website at www. Dot frcna dot org. Thank you for listening, and now until next week, may the Lord be with you all.